are now listening to Uninvited with Jerry Jones, available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple, and other streaming platforms. California breaking the state's record for acres burned by wildfires in a single year. And it's only September. More than 2 million acres have burned in 2020. That's the size of more than 10 New York cities. And firefighters are getting no break from record-setting heat. Temperatures reached 121 degrees in L.A. County on Sunday, the highest ever recorded. Each of the previous holidays, Memorial Day, July 4th, we definitely saw a bump in cases afterwards. And of course, this time we're heading into the fall with kids going back to school, as you said. So I'm pretty worried that if we don't act responsibly, we are gonna see a surge of cases uh, in the days and weeks ahead. Oh, Robin, I'm gonna start with you. In your book, you write this, unless white people have ongoing and intentional study, their, their opinions will be uninformed and ignorant. Uh, I read that and I thought, whoa, very blunt language. And uh, we are uh, an absolute leader in every way. And now, the man of the hour, whether you want him or not, Jerry Jones. Hey, what's going on, Party Crashers? This is your host, Jerry Jones. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. However you found us, wherever you found us, uh, I'm really glad you did. Uh, so be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these great shows. Um, and if you can, uh, give us a five-star rating, will you? Because a five-star rating feels a whole lot like love and... Four stars feels like the friend zone, um, but it's 2020, and you know maybe the friend zone just isn't uh, as bad as it uh, as it was in 2019 and all the years before. So happy Labor Day, um, everyone! You know I realized that um, on the last episode um, that. I didn't really go into the fact that we are in Virgo season. Like this is Virgo season. Um, and, and I think that this is the time of year. Um, it's usually like, you know, kind of Labor Day is kind of the unofficial end of summer. Um, and I feel like it makes sense for it to be Virgo season because, you know, um, it's kind of like a big reset. Like you've got the summer. Well, typically you have the summer. I mean, it's 2020. So what is summer in 2020? But typically you got the summer and it's just kind of laissez-faire. You just kind of, you know, you just kind of go with the flow and you kind of, you take vacation and you, you know, you just kind of, kind of get refreshed and then... You know, when Virgo season comes around, it's kind of like back to business when things kind of get back in order. And of course, you know, it, I mean, if Virgos could rule the world, um, well, if Virgos could rule the world, uh, I'm not even sure any of the sound bites um, that I just played 
would even have been necessary. Uh, I mean, they, they may not have even, even actually have happened if Virgos were in charge. Um, but shout out to all uh, the Virgos um, out there. I'm, I'll, I'll do some birthday shout outs um, towards the end of the show. I do hope that um, that you found, you know, the extra day. Hopefully, hopeful, I'm hopeful that you, A, had an extra day recognizing that um, that many of you listening um, don't get weekends off, um, don't get holidays off. Um, and so I guess I, I should say that I'm thankful and grateful for you uh, and hope that when, when you do find time for respite that you are able to actually um, to take care of you and, um, and to, to, to relax a little bit. Um, this Labor Day um, has been very kind of a nondescript. I mean, it's, it's been, this was the, you know, it's the 2020 COVID-19 Labor Day. So no cookouts, no, you know, our fantasy draft was online. Uh, all of my fantasy drafts were online. Um, so yeah, we just kind of, yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, this weekend for, for us was just another, just another, uh, just another weekend. Um, but recognizing that, that some of you, probably a lot of you with school age kids are, um, I, I don't know if, if we're being honest, probably having a kind of a mini freak out right now, uh, as your kids, um, start up tomorrow. Um, so I know some of you have already started, but some of your kids are starting tomorrow. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm wishing, I'm wishing you well. Um, so on today's show, um, I, I wanted to actually touch on, uh, speaking of school, uh, what, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in college campuses, uh, with COVID-19. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, uh, the president, um, just because he made some news. Um, late last week, speaking of, speaking of, uh, Labor Day weekend in the president, did you guys see, uh, what happened in Austin this weekend? Um, Lake Travis, Lake Travis is a beautiful place. Uh, and I'm really jealous of, of, of my cousins, um, Emily and Sean, um, who, who are in Austin. I don't think, I don't think though, I don't know if they were there for this while it happened. Um, but there was a boat rally for the president's reelection campaign. And you hear boat rally and you're thinking to yourself, what possibly could go wrong with that? Um, but apparently some of the boats, um, and these boats were decked out with their Trump Pence flags and signs and whatnot. And, and they, you know, some of them started to sink. Now, apparently no one was, uh, seriously injured. I don't believe there were any deaths. Thank goodness. But there were some boats, um, uh, who apparently just could not, um, handle the heavy load of the BS. That is the Trump Pence reelection campaign. In administration, um, but really, I shouldn't be talking about um, 
only the boats that were that were sinking uh, in Lake Travis because all boats matter. Um, but before we talk about um, the president and the news that he made uh, late last week, um, we got to talk a little bit about what's going on in California. Um, California wildfires. Um, it's just, it's just brutal. Um, you know, I've only been following a little bit online, but the temperatures there, it's been like a heat wave and, and then the fires are just out of control. Um, and you know, I, I don't really, you know, I guess I, I wanted to talk about it. I, I'm here's the thing. Uh, I think we've talked about this. I know a little about a lot. Uh, I will tell you that one area that I don't spend nearly enough time thinking about is the environment. Um, uh, but it's hard to look at what's happening in California. And I know people can say, oh, well, it's summer. It's hot in the summer. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Um, but, you know, L.A., like record temperatures. Um, like these fires that we're seeing, I believe, are a direct uh, result of um, of global warming. Um, and we we do. And it's interesting going into 2020. You know, especially during the, the, the primaries, the Democratic primary. Um, the environment was um, positioned as an existential crisis. Um, and I think Greta Thun Thunberg has done an amazing job um, that that actually that doesn't do it justice that what was it three years ago that Greta held a, a one woman demonstration um, you know, like to, to bring attention to, to climate change. And now, um, you know, it's elevated to the point politically where it is considered an existential crisis. Uh, and it, and it was the existential crisis until, um, COVID-19 and then until, um, you know, uh, the murders of Breonna Taylor, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. And then what we recognize is that, um, that both, you know, um, poor public health funding um, and support from state and local government uh, and structural racism are also ex present existential crises and crises, crises. Is that how I'm supposed to say it? Crises. Um, but it doesn't mean that the environment um, is not key and in fact i believe the new york times uh ran a story uh on this um a couple of weeks ago that highlighted how um many cities um urban areas uh that were redlined in the early 20th century when they are able to to gauge uh, the temperature, um, they're, they're seeing that areas that were redlined 
in the early to mid 20th century are actually showing today in 2020 to have higher temperatures than areas that were not, meaning it's meaning it's hotter. So I live in Kansas City, meaning that um, I would say north of 27th Street, uh, east of Troost, people from Kansas City will know um, that and this, I'm just using this as an example, but you can pick any city, pick your city, and you can you can probably find it. Google, Google New York Times, um, climate change redlining, uh, but that it's going to be hotter there than it's going to be in Overland Park. Just using that as an example. Um, I'm not quoting that as gospel. I'm just using that as an example. Um, but there is the correlation between structural racism and uh, the en environmental crisis that we're seeing and the healthcare crisis. Those things actually do intersect with each other. Uh, but the environmental piece is something that I've not paid attention to. But I got to tell you, when tens of thousands of acres are being burned and, and um, people are losing power people are trapped um it's just it's just unthinkable that that we could look at what we're seeing uh in california and not think that we don't need a green new deal um we have to we have to invest um in protecting the environment um because this just is, it, it just isn't acceptable. It just isn't acceptable what we're seeing. Um, so again, I'm not an environment expert, clearly not a fire expert, but it's hard to imagine um, what we're seeing uh, from just, from, not even talking about the fires, just the heat. That's got to be global warming. And then, you know, what we're seeing with the fires and everything else. Um but with that, uh, it can't be solely blamed on on, on global global warming. Um, apparently, uh, this weekend. Bear in mind, I get it. Like it's hard. COVID is hard, and um, I I would imagine I can't imagine uh, if you planned a wedding. A year in advance and it's 2020 imagine you've booked the church you've booked the reception hall you've done all the stuff um, and you know you're getting screwed and then having a child having a child in 2020 during COVID uh, just terrible um, New York again I, you know obviously I'm reading the New York Times. I'm reading the Washington Post. Um, yes, I read the New Yorker and Vanity Fair and on and on and on. Yeah, I'm a left-wing liberal nut, okay? Um, but the New York Times and others ran really just great stories just about the struggles of, of mothers who uh, are delivering children. Um by themselves 
that their significant other, because of the COVID scare, just couldn't be in the delivery room. I hope that's changed. I think that's changed. But um, yeah, it's really kind of a sad, sad thought that one of the the most, the probably the most physically demanding thing a human being will ever do is to deliver a child in one of the most amazing moments um, is for um, family um, to be there um, supporting um, the mother as she's delivering. Imagine having to do that on your own. Um, I, I can't, I, you know, so, so kudos to that. I, I, I bring that up though, because the, the heat wave and the fires are bad enough. And recognizing that having a child is something that you want to celebrate. Um, but in 2020, during the COVID era, during a heat wave in, in the California context, Los Angeles context, in a heat wave and, and there are wildfires, you do not have a gender reveal party by using um, anything related to smoke or fire. Um, apparently, uh, as part of the contribution to the horribleness that's happening in the Los Angeles area, uh, there was a couple who attempted to do the gender reveal um, using some sort of smoke device. Um, they caught fire to uh, the um, um, park area that they were in. And um, they attempted to put out the fire with bottles of water. That's right. Now, you're talking to a guy who damn near um, burnt his deck down. Um, gosh, actually, <laughs> in mid-March, uh, had a propane tank that just went haywire. And um, thankfully, thankfully, uh, had two neighbors who um, really came in and helped save the day and, and then kind of Kate uh, Kansas City Fire Department shout out to Kansas City Fire Department um, uh, came in there's nothing nothing makes you feel more like a man than when 10 manly men show up to um, put out a propane grill ga uh, gas fire that you started because you wanted to grill out hot dogs you got to have a healthy ego so that when I talk about why I need a five-star rating instead of a four that's that that's the ego that's the ego i'm talking about um but people come on we get it you want to celebrate you want to do here's the thing though i'm going to be honest i think gender reveal parties are stupid there i said it just you know we don't i mean every are you doing it for instagram likes or youtube shares i don't know you're doing it for tiktok do you all use tiktok 
if the answer is yes, you need to stop. Um, <laughs> no, actually, if the answer is yes, uh, the second question should be, are you under the age of 27? If the answer is no, then you need to stop. Because old people, we not that we ruin everything, but we take all the cool factor out of stuff. You know, don't believe me? When your parents got on Facebook, didn't it ruin Facebook for you? Right? Um, when we got on Instagram, I'm 50. So when we got on Instagram, I think that's right around the time some of the, the young kids were like, ooh, we better uh, switch over to Snapchat. Never use Snapchat. But when we got on Snapchat, they're like, screw this. We're going to TikTok. And apparently now, all the adults are on TikTok. So I'm guessing that all the cool kids are soon going to leave TikTok because we will have found a way to um, to ruin it. I think in the same way that conservatives um, who somehow just recognized that Rage Against the Machine um uh, was a a really 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 far left leaning um like uh music group like where their ideology is is very radical left and how they're just recognizing that and i'm like dude come on you don't get to listen to rage against the machine um and have a trump sticker on your car you just don't get to do that okay that's one of the rules and if you're in a place where you have record record setting heat, drought, wildfires, you know what you don't get to do. You don't get to have a gender reveal party where you're using smoke and fire. Sorry, them's the rules. I was gonna say that I didn't make them up, but I literally just made it up. Um, but for all of my people in, in the state of California, be safe, um, we're thinking of you. Um, you know, I, I hate it. I hate when people say thoughts and prayers, but I am sending thoughts and prayers, um, your way. I am also sending thoughts and prayers again, um, uh, to everyone who's sending their kids off to school, um, tomorrow, uh, thoughts and prayers for those who are still staying home with your kids. We love our kids, don't we? Um, but we don't love being around them all the time. And I would imagine that some of you don't love running a homeschool and trying to do your job at the same time. So shout out, um, shout out to you um, uh, and sending you thoughts and prayers to to all of my friends who are running a business, working and running a homeschool at the same time. Um, but I want to talk about what we're seeing at the collegiate level. Um, as y'all know that my, you know, my daughter's off at school right now and, um, several of my colleagues have their, their kids off at, at, uh, at various, um, colleges and universities across the country. Um, uh, there was an interesting story that came out, um, over the week, uh, early, early, late last week, Northeastern, Northeastern University, um, has dismissed 11 freshmen um, uh, from from the school for the for the fall semester 
uh, apparently these uh, the Northeastern Eleven, I'm calling them, they they got a hotel room uh, in Boston, and it was a violation of both the the city's policy and the university's policy, um, and so they've got to leave. It's not that they have to quarantine in their room. They've got to go, right? And uh, I don't, look, I'm not rich, but I don't know. But, and and I would imagine that these parents would would tell me that they aren't rich, but $37,000 in tuition just seems like a lot. I mean, of course I'm, you know, in the Midwest, but, um, how mad would you be if you were a parent of one of these students and uh, they were getting sent home and Northeastern has made it very clear, like, nah, bro, you're not getting that money back. Um, so, and I, I'm bringing this up because, um, and, and, and maybe it is because I have a daughter off at school. Um, I'm having a hard time, though, with these colleges and universities um you know in missouri uh, there was a report that came out last week that said there were seven thousand college students that had contracted COVID. um you know university of kansas where i went to school rock chalk jayhawk shout out to all the jayhawks out there um they've had all sorts of breakouts um you know, it's it's breaking out. You know, we're this is Big Twelve Athletic Conference, and so we're seeing all the schools there are breaking out. Um, but I have a problem with blaming students for doing college things. And my thought is, the moment you decided that you were going to hold um, classes on the campus. Because you desperately wanted, A, you wanted the tuition money, and B, you desperately wanted the residence, residence hall money, <clears throat> excuse me, that you can't at the same time say you're going to have classes in person, develop no strategy for testing and tracing, not a robust strategy. It's one thing to say we have a quarantine dorm. Great. Just about every school that I know has a quarantine dorm, has a quarantine protocol. Um, but that's not the same as a testing protocol. It's not the same as a tracing protocol. And if we're being honest, um, what I'm seeing is that the universities, these colleges and universities valued the money more than they valued the safety of their students, of their faculty, and for all of the staff who's responsible um, for creating a safe learning environment for these students. And so I, I'm just thinking, how, how did we not think that um, college freshmen or even college doesn't even matter if they're sophomores, juniors, seniors, if they've been cooped up for six months and they were like, yep, you've got to be on campus. That's where class is going to be. We really think they're not going to hang out and do college things. 
Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that, <clears throat> listen, I've, I've got a daughter that my wife and I have to offer instruction to all the time, all the time. Like we have to, it, we have to be very, very insistent and repetitive, uh, just on, on making sure she understands what it is that we expect. And as you might expect, the college freshman experience, you know, it, it you would you you just feel like, oh my gosh, are we failures as as parents? Um, but it still doesn't mean that as the adults, either as parents, either as the administration, that we don't recognize what goes through the mind of an 18, 19, 20 year old and plan accordingly to that. So anything that happens with these students, it is not on the students in my opinion, right? Uh, it is on us parents. It is on the um, college administration. Um, we've got to be smarter. And I think um, if we want kids in college and we want them to have the college experience, we need to be doing all the things that we can do to um, crush the virus. And we have done almost none of that. We have, we, this, our, our nation, um, as far as, I don't know, large nations go, um, have done the least. We have done the absolute uh, minimum. I w we haven't done the absolute necessary. We certainly have done, I think, almost the absolute <laughs> as little as possible um, to do anything about this virus. And so, yeah, I'm on my soapbox a little bit. Um, where I live in in Kansas City, um, the 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 local counties we're by state metro. So we've got Kansas and Missouri that make up the Kansas City Metro, several di different counties. I think there's almost 350 billion, oh, not billion, sorry, million dollars. <laughs> One billion dollars, about $350 million that came in um, <clears throat> to the Metro to, to fend off the effects of COVID. And uh, came in uh, end of April, first week of May. And uh, as a region, as a region collectively, we've done diddly squat with those dollars. There's nothing really to show um, for those dollars. And, and I, I think I said this on an earlier pod, and I'll say it again. The president is a lot of things, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to point a finger at why your local government, why your state government hasn't done anything with COVID, it's not on Trump. Look at your county commissioner, look at your city council, look at them. Don't blame your public health department. I've talked about this before. I'm going to say it again. Your public health department is doing everything within their power to keep you safe. And they don't 
have the resources and it's not that they can go and lobby or advocate because they are a government official and so they cannot do that. That is on us. So if you are at all interested in having a safe return to school plan, a safe return to work plan, you need to be hounding your city council people and your county commissioners day and night. Um, it's on them. The ball is in their court. Um, the truth is they've squandered a lot of the money. Um, and the truth is, is that there may not be a second round of funding coming from the federal government. Um, with that being said, that does not rid the cities and counties and the state of their responsibility to handle the crisis at their level. So don't point the finger at Trump. Don't point the finger. Now, yes, Mitch McConnell, they do need to take up the HEROES Act in the Senate. Give if you don't like if you don't like what the House put together, put together your own thing, go to conference and let's figure it out. But it is at the local, county, and state level where failure to address the COVID crisis is happening. I'm just going to put that out there. We can agree to disagree. If you've got thoughts, any thoughts whatsoever, whether you agree with me, disagree with me, hit me up on um, on Instagram at the Uninvited Podcast, um, and let's talk about it. Um, leave me a voicemail on the Anchor FM page, and I'll call you back, and and we can we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, so Northeastern's expelling students. I think we're going to start seeing um, more students being expelled, especially now that you can't get your those deposits back. Uh, now that the checks have cleared, I think we're going to start seeing more of what Northeastern's doing. I don't like it. I'm just going to put it on the record right now. Um, we got to do better for our kids, do better for the faculty, do better for the staff. Um, speaking of doing better for the staff, um, the president um, is attempting to do something that he truly believes. Well, I don't know what he truly believes, so I, I, I'm not going to put that out there in the universe. I don't know if he believes this or not. Um, but we do know that he gets all of his policy ideas from Fox News and he um, happened to catch Tucker Carlson um, who's a gem of a journalist uh, just an absolute gem um, says no one and um, there was this scholar in air quotes um, who essentially was taking to task um, diversity training anti-racism training uh, and essentially saying that those need to be disbanded, that federal dollars shouldn't be spent on that, and that they are un-American. Um, and so the president um, has authorized, did authorize, um, the, um, the OMB, Office on Management and Budget, um, to release a memo um, declaring diversity training and anti-racism training as un-American and they are going to start there they are to cease and desist they being the federal government to cease and desist all diversity training all anti-racism training um and and then uh, the president's also having the department of education uh investigate um school districts that are using 1619 
um, to teach the accurate um, history of um, of America from from the period of 1619 um, to to present day. Um, and essentially, the threat is that if they're teaching this, then they're I'm sure he's going to authorize Secretary DeVos um, to um, to pull to pull funding. Um, you know, I, I had um, had a conversation um, with my my buddy um, Date M. Date M. He and I are co-host of a podcast called Trailblazing um, because. I'm black and he's Asian. Um, and what I share with them is like, you know, it's not like Trump is wrong. I mean, I, I think that diversity training and, um, you know, anti-racism training is not necessarily, it's not, well, it's not historically American. Um, because the 1619 Project which the president want does not want taught in schools teaches us very clearly that um that america is founded upon uh racism like our the economy that exists today was built on the back of backs of slaves um so he's not wrong to say that anti-racism training is un-american because racism is american so I'm giving, I'm dapping him up. He's telling the truth. Uh, I don't like the premise, though, for why he doesn't want it taught. Like, the idea is that America should not, the idea is that America should not be racist, that America should be actively anti-racist. And the way that we get there is to acknowledge um, our history and learn from it and and move on um but the president doesn't have interest in in doing that he he does seem to be uh really marking his line in the sand uh taking you know clearly aside he went to kenosha did not speak to jacob blake's family at all as far as i know did not attempt to reach out to jacob blake's family um, he did find time to defend Kyle Rittenhouse, the uh, white nationalist vigilante. Um, and um, so, I mean, it, that is what it is. That's that's his calling card. That's where he's going with it. Um, but I just want I just want it to be clear that as much as I cannot stand that, you know, uh, the federal government's official position now is that diversity training and anti-racism training, at least as it is the position of the Trump administration, that it's un-American. As much as I don't like that position, his position is absolutely 100% correct. Because um, anti-racism is new to America. For us to be for us to be an anti-racist country would would would, uh, would cease for us to be the country that we were. It's to be the country that we can and should be. Right? So when Trump says he wants to make America great again, his idea of great is a racist America. Um, the flip side of that is that those of us who, who think something different believes that the future 
of America will be great because we're anti-racist. You can take that for what it's worth. Um, not necessarily a hot take. It's just, um, it's just the take. It's just the take that I got. Um, with that being said, uh, we've got 57 days, y'all, till the 2020 election. Um, that's not a lot of time, but it's enough time. Um, so by now, you know that I'm going to tell you to, to please make sure you're eligible. Please make sure you're registered and please make sure you have a voting plan. Um, I'm going to say that once you've done those things, um, I want you to think about perhaps becoming a poll worker, uh, perhaps being a voting evangelist, um, like, uh, when we all vote org is a great place. Um, Vote Health 2020. If you're if you're healthcare minded, Vote Health 2020. Um, started by some of the brilliant minds at the um, Institute for Health Improvement. Um, yeah, find once you've done those those things, find a way to get involved. Um, we need as many people to vote as possible. Um, we're 170 days out since Brianna Taylor. Um, was murdered in her home while trying to sleep. Um, so that's another reason, by the way, that if you haven't gotten registered or if you haven't made a voting plan to do so and to vote out those people who have been quiet as a church mouse on that and all of the countless other shootings and um, uh, uh, issues related to police brutality. Can I just say real quick though, Portland, Portland people, you got to stop throwing stuff at cops, man. You just, you know, you got to stop. I mean, and it, I, I don't want to get into that, but I, I, I do, I have a serious problem. I think in the next pod, I might really dig into it, but I do see, uh, white privilege on display in, in the Portland, um, protest i know i'm just seeing what i'm seeing in the news um but yeah i i i i I think that that is not that is not the protest of of king for sure that is not the protest of gandhi um to be sure and so i think i think if we want better and expect better i think we got to do better and uh i think i think we can we can do that much better um so, like, as I mentioned before the show, horrible transition, by the way, but that's how, it's just how we do it. It's Virgo season. Um, and so, um, I got to give some shout outs to, um, some of my favorite Virgos. Um, I, I work with, I have the pleasure of working with, uh, up until almost, uh, seven, eight months ago, no, maybe more like 10 months ago, my entire team, entire team. Uh, or, or Virgos. Um, so shout out to, to Annalyn, um, Kara, shout out to Ryan, um, shout out to Nancy, shout out to my former boss, um, the, the best boss on the planet, um, Kiana, um, shout out to her, all, uh, all birthdays going on, uh, this week. Um, well, Annalyn and, and Kara were the week we had the birthdays the same week as mine. Um, Shout out to shout out to Nico, shout out to Nico Case. Uh, her birthday's on the eighth, turning fifty. Um, 
one of these days I'm going to have to tell you the story um, about the song that Nico Case uh, wrote for me. Uh, I should use air quotes with song. Um, but yeah, shout out to Nico. Um, you know, if, if you're inclined to discover um, new music, um, go to our website, nicocase.com um, and buy, buy all the music. Um, you know, I say this a lot. Like we, we, we see artists all the time. We hear artists all the time. Um, but they're working folks just like us. Um, and they don't work for free. So, uh, but seriously, go to nicocase.com, check out the catalog and buy you some music. You will be glad um, you did. Hey, y'all, um, this is the 19th episode of, um, of The Uninvited, and I'm just uh, grateful uh, for you. I would love to be able to tell you that the 20th episode is going to be super special, um, but who are we kidding? <laughs> uh, but... But I think we're I think we're getting a little bit better um, each and every time. So thank you for hanging out with me again. Um, please rate us, review us, subscribe, give us five stars, share it with your friends. Um, and again, thank you for for being here. Until we connect again on the next episode of The Uninvited, this is Jerry Jones, and I am out. Peace. Grand Happy Parsons, who's the governor of Missouri, said we beat COVID. We stopped that ass fuck shit at our borders with our guns. And we said, no, ma'am, not in my state. So we just said, no masks here. We don't need them. We beat them. And that's how everybody died in Missouri. She, 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 she.